wine and shiner. <laughs> Nina's actually drunk. <sighs> we. <laughs> Nina. And I'm Liz. We don't have all the answers, but we do have a bottle of wine and some thoughts. If you're looking for honest musings on life, happiness, health, and wellness, you've come to the right place. We'll even throw in a couple off-the-wall jokes, some personal stories, and of course, some shenanigans. So grab a glass of wine and join the conversation. Hey, Wine and Shiners. We are really excited for today's episode with Maria Marlowe. She is a health coach living in New York City, and she just has so much valuable information for us on the world of nutrition and health. She has been on CBS Morning News, NBC Today. She's been featured in Vogue and the New York Times and Self Magazine. Everywhere. Everywhere, <laughs> literally. Um, I actually found her listening to Lori Harder's podcast, Earn Your Happy. So if you enjoyed this episode, I highly recommend checking her out on that episode as well. Um, she's a graduate from the Institute of Integrative Nutrition. So that made me super happy because I just registered to start the program here in July. Yay. And yeah, she's actually an ambassador of the program. So I got to chat with her a little bit before I actually registered. And she kind of helped me decide that that it was the right program for me. And then like super nicely decided that she would come on our little podcast. She also on this episode drops resources like it's hot. Like yes. she has hers. Her new book is coming out on June 1st. You can actually pre-order it now and we'll talk about it later on in the episode. But she's got her book, several guides, lots of really great things. And then like a lot of different websites and ways that you can save money on grocery shopping, which if you remember from episodes mm. way past... The struggle. Is something that Nina and I are always trying to find like the correct... the the silver bullet yes. for grocery shopping. And she gave some amazing tips with grocery shopping in this episode. Also, for those of you that struggle with acne like me, she also touches on that in the episode and has a program for reducing acne. So lots of cool things in this one. We really hope that you enjoy. Also, we have no wine today. This is now ah. this is now the no wine but still shine podcast. We drink wine. We, we just do. forget to pour it before our <laughs> interviews. We just... <laughs> I think it's like, I'm not on a Sunday evening, which is often when we record. Right. I'm not feeling wine. It's kind of like Friday night or a mm -hmm. I am going to make some night, golden turmeric milk. Is it turmeric? Turmeric? We had this argument. Don't we don't remember. know how to say it. Please listeners. advise how to say this spice. Yeah, we don't know. But I'm going to make some tonight right after this recording. So we'll make that the drink of the episode. Golden turmeric. Um, no. my sister actually, I'll tell you what, next time we record, my sister sent me a bottle of wine, a picture that she said was very good in honor of Gretchen. We will go get that wine. I will get that wine. And in honor of Kelly, she actually bought us a bottle of wine for our event. Cause she's yesterday. So we should have been drinking that. You know what? We're going to get back on it. We are going to be the wine and shine here again. Next yes. episode. Just you Come count on it. <laughs> Liz, let's talk about Care Of because I actually got my Care Of vitamins in the mail today. Awesome. And I saw they have like a little dispense pack. Yeah. It looks like really well organized, yeah. which is my... People, I'm not really organized. I'm half organized. I'm jealous of organization. Yeah. When I see something really cutely organized, like what you got today, like your little pack, I was like, I want that in my life and I'll get it soon. It's probably in your mailbox. Um, I don't know because they shipped it to my old address. And oh. I actually, creeper alert. I went last night to my old apartment to hunt. Like I went to the front <laughs> door, like thinking maybe it got dropped off at, you know, on the front porch. And someone already lives there like five oh, days later. Oh, wow. So I felt like a really big creeper because there were like children's toys. And I was like, <laughs> and the TV on. And I was like, and here I am. Wow, just, they moved in fast. Yeah. Yeah. We love Care of Vitamins because they're ethically sourced. And later in this episode, we'll talk about why it's so important to know where your meat comes from, where your vegetables come from, where all the food that you're putting in your body comes from. Vitamins are the exact 
same. You got to know where they come from and you got to know they have good stuff in them. So they're less expensive than if you were to go buy a cocktail of vitamins at the store. And you know that it's specific to your needs because they have you fill out a survey that asks you about your health preferences and things going on in your life so that you have an individualized packet tailored just for you with your name on it. And it comes from a good place. So that is, if you want to get a subscription, we'll give you half off if you use our code SHINE. And that's takecareof.com. You'll get 50% off your first month subscription and then keep every month getting inexpensive, tailored to you vitamins that'll make you healthy and strong. Yeah, so head on over to Care Of and get your vitamins now. And now let's head into our episode with Maria Marlowe. We are so excited to have you on the podcast. I am really happy that you agreed to come on after we had our conversation a couple weeks ago. Yeah, definitely. I'm happy to be here. I wanted to let you know that I actually did register to start the IIN program and I'm going to be starting in July and I'm really excited. Oh, super exciting. Congrats. Thanks. I kind of want to change my mind and start in May, which is it actually starts in like 10 days, I think, the May classes. Um, I don't know if I can switch at this point, but I think I'm going to call and ask anyway. You're too excited. (laughs) I am. Call, call and ask. You never, you never know. I mean, I don't see why not if there's room. Yeah, I'm going to try. Because then I realized I'm, I'm a teacher, so I'm off on summer break. And I was like, I'm just going to be sitting around all June, just waiting, waiting to open these modules and start learning. I was like, I need to hop on and start in May, I think. Yeah, go for it. I mean, the sooner the better, right? The sooner you start, the sooner, you know, you can start coaching yeah. and doing other things with it. I know. I'm excited. But anyway, our audience hasn't met you yet. I'm like talking and thinking like they already know you. Yeah, side combo. But can you tell our audience a little bit about yourself and what you do and how you got into your line of work? Sure. So I'm Maria Marlowe. I'm an integrative nutrition health coach and author of The Real Food Grocery Guide. And I I think like many people in the wellness industry got here. I didn't grow up wanting to be a health coach. Uh, it was probably the furthest thing from my mind. But, you know, as I got, you know, into high school and college, I had a lot of health issues from just being overweight to acne to being sick all the time. And I sort of asked myself, you know, how is this possible? I'm so young. Why do I have all of these issues? Mm -hmm. And I went to doctors, I went to dermatologists and, you know, my skin probably bothered me the most out of anything. And, um, you know, they gave me all sorts of, you know, uh, prescription medications. Mm -hmm. I did proactive, I did over the counter stuff. They wanted to put me on Accutane and when I saw one of the side effects of it was like severe depression that can yeah. lead to suicide, I was like, oh, no, thank you. And I just wanted to look for a more natural way to deal with uh, all the issues that I was going you know, through. And long story short, I was introduced to this whole concept of of food as medicine, which I'd never really thought about before for really my whole life up until that point, I had thought food only affected your weight. I did not realize it affects your skin, your mood, your productivity, your athletic performance, your cancer risk, your immune system, everything. And so I sort of went down this nutrition rabbit hole, changed my diet pretty drastically. Uh, My health conditions improved. My acne went away. I lost about 20 pounds. I realized I stopped getting sick as often. Mm -hmm. And once I saw this transformation in my own body, I was just like, oh my God, why doesn't anyone teach us this? And so long story short, eventually I went down that path to be that person that teaches Mm -hmm. people that food affects everything. Oh my gosh. I love that story. That's so many people that are in this field say the exact same thing. And that's actually why I started the podcast. Mean Liz started the podcast was mm-hmm. because I had been dealing with health issues and I'm still dealing with acne, which is a question later in the interview process. But I was so tired of doctors just prescribing me things or telling me to do all of these like medicines and things like that. And I was like, there has to be a better way. And once I started researching, it it like blew my mind. Same thing, like, why are we not being taught these things? 
Right, exactly. I think that, you know, there, there's just a lot of things, you know, we go to school and we don't really learn how to how to eat or how to live or how to really take care of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we end up picking up whatever habits uh, that our parents, you know, whoever raises us, you know, has. And, you know, where did they pick it up from their parents, right? right. Or from mm-hmm. me, right? Or we're, we're very much influenced by advertising and, you know, the diet soda ads and the low fat yogurt ads and this, that, and the other thing. And, we're getting our information from basically advertisers, mm-hmm. food manufacturers, and you know the people around us, but we're not really getting the actual education and the science behind it. Right. And if you look at the public school system, even itself, you want to talk about like having education on what you should and should not eat. The schools are a mm. prime example of like what you should and should not eat because they have all these contracts with those same companies you just yeah. referenced. I mean, I remember growing up and in high school in particular, I would have for lunch almost every single day, I'd have French fries and a big hot pretzel. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, and then we would go to the the vending machines like for, for different chips and snacks and stuff like that. And, mm-hmm. you know, I don't even remember a vegetable or fruit being anywhere in no. sight. Well, Nina, you have the issue all the... Okay, you have I've anxiety talk- over your children's yeah. eating habits. I've talked about this like two two or three times on the podcast before, but I have sixth grade lunch duty. So I actually, like I have to go around and help the kids, you know, with their trays and clean up the tables. And um, it's so hard for me to watch what these kids are eating every single day. And it's a lot of it. Like I know I've said this before. There's a kid that has pizza, two chocolate muffins and a drumstick every single day. He knows what he likes. He knows what he likes, but I just, I can't help but think like when you go through that lunch line, the kids have, I mean, they don't know. Like, they're just going to get what tastes good. I did the same thing. Yeah. No, of course. Exactly. And that's why I think, you know, there's a, a few different organizations and nonprofits now that are trying to go back into the schools mm-hmm. and to educate children and teenagers about, okay, what do you really want to eat? Uh, but it's, yeah, it's just unfortunate that the way that like our school nutrition and lunch programs are, they do not emphasize fresh foods or vegetables. And, you know, like the tomato sauce on pizza counts as a vegetable and right. french fries counts as a vegetable. Yeah, and totally does. It's, yeah, it's just very sad that those are our sort of standards. And I really hope there will be a day when that shifts. And, you know, we teach, you know, children and that, you know, vegetables can taste good. I know when they were um, first doing that sort of pilot program, I think it was a couple of years ago about, you know, adding more vegetables to the mm-hmm. to the cafeteria. And they, I remember seeing like in the news, like, oh, all the kids are throwing away the vegetables. They yeah. don't like it. They want this other food. And I was looking at the photo and it's like the kid had like a huge hunk of like raw cauliflower <laughs> on this thing. And yeah. I'm like, Listen, I like to eat healthy, but I do not even want to eat a chunk of raw cauliflower. Like you have to cook it. You have to put sauce on it. Like you have to do something. And so, you know, I think that there needs to be education, you know, spiralized vegetables. How do you Mm -hmm. cook with herbs and spices and make things flavorful and taste good? And I think that's really what's missing and that I hope uh, we will see more of in in the future. Do you think that's the main component? Like working with children, do you think that's the main way that we change society's beliefs around diet and health is starting with kids? Or is it broader than that? Like, how do we, how do we get everyone on the same page here? Well, I think we definitely need a multi-pronged approach. I think it helps to have, you know, to raise our children thinking that vegetables and fruit are delicious Mm -hmm. and cool. Uh, Because, you know, sometimes, you know, some kids will think, ew, they're disgusting. It's green. Like it doesn't taste good and, and whatever. And they want the things that are like neon orange and neon blue. Right. And so natural. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you know, I think it comes from there because also, you know, your taste buds, uh, so, like if you're, you get used to eating a lot of like very sugary or very salty foods, you're going to crave those foods. Yeah. And then if you taste, for example, an apple, which is actually quite sweet, mm-hmm. all of a sudden it, it doesn't taste sweet to you because you're used to these super duper sweet candies and cookies and cakes and all of this stuff. And so you have to sort of retrain your palate a little bit to wean it off of all the super sugary stuff, the super salty stuff and get it used to eating the more natural stuff. So I think, you know, if we don't give our children these super, super duper sugary, super salty all of the time so that they don't get used to it, it's going to be easier for them to uh, like more natural foods that, you know, uh, 
are maybe not as sweet or as mm-hmm. salty as what, you know, the packaged foods that they're used to. So I think there's that. And then I think it is, um, you know, educating, also educating them on the benefits and helping them understand. So like I mentioned earlier, you know, people, there's this big disconnect, you know, we, we think food affects our weight, but we don't realize it affects everything else. And so yeah. I think we could teach that to our children. I think that would also be helpful in them making smart choices. And then, you know, the parents, the adults, the single, you know, young professionals before they get married and have kids, everyone right. needs this knowledge mm-hmm. uh, to, you know, improve themselves. And then once, once you know this stuff, you can't unknow it, you can't unlearn it. And so then it sort of creates this ripple effect where, okay, now I have this information when I get married and I have kids, I'm going to feed them, you know, a certain way. I always tell Cody, I'm like, I'm going to be that mom that's packing my kids lunch. I was like, first of all, I need to learn how to cook because I don't cook vegetables that delicious. And I was like, I'm going to need to make these foods so that our future kids want to eat them. But I was like, (laughs) I have this fear that I'm going to pack their lunch and that they're going to throw it away and go into the lunch line and get all the food again. Like, (laughs) but then like you said, when you, if you grow up teaching them the reason we're eating this way, number one, hopefully it's going to taste good and and I'll I'll learn how to make it taste good. And then... Mm. And then the reason we're eating this way is because it's so good for your body and your mind and your whole, the whole package. Right. You feel better. You mm-hmm. look better. You think better. You know, I've actually done, um, went and spoken at like, uh, an elementary school here in the city. And, uh, you know, we did this whole lesson on like brain foods and how like, okay, if you want to do good in school, then, you know, like blueberries and walnuts Mm -hmm. and, you know, these are foods that are good for your brain and they'll Mm -hmm. help your memory, you know, so on your tests and stuff. So I think, you know, meeting the kids where they're at and like, what are their goals and what do they want to do? Or if they're into sports, okay. You know, you know, figuring out what's important to them and then highlighting, you know, how and why food can help them achieve achieve whatever their current goals are. That'll absolutely help them connect to it. And on, yeah. and on a side note, how do you think we start to change society's beliefs and the adults' beliefs on food and how it has powers like medicine? Because a lot of times I think that we don't really think of medicine or as food as healing. We turn towards medicine and drugs and things like that. We think you need it to live. Exactly. Just to like sustain us and that's its only purpose. Yeah, so how do we change society's beliefs on that? Well, I think that, you know, unfortunately, we live in this society where it's more about reversing a condition once we have it mm, than yeah. prevention. And so I know, uh, you know, a lot of people don't want to hear it because food is also a very emotional thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people just have a lot of feelings and thoughts and, and just connection to food. And so, you know, if you tell them like, oh, you know, your favorite foods are killing you or making you sick. Right, you know, yeah. hear that. So, you know, I think that unfortunately, like when people have, you know, are faced with a health condition that is not getting better from conventional treatments or, um, you know, just like, you know, a lot of people have chronic conditions, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not necessarily um, something life-threatening, Uh, but it's just like chronic conditions or chronic symptoms that they have to live with all of the time. And I think people get sick of that and, uh, you know, want another way. So I think getting sick and then hitting a roadblock uh, Mm -hmm. is one way for people to kind of go down that path. But I think it's really just education. I mean, I find personally with my own clients, like one thing that really helps give them, you know, understand why and really get them motivated to change their habits is watching documentaries. Some of these documentaries oh, are yes. Best. I know. Me and Liz are huge on the documentaries. <laughs> Liz specifically is I a documentary like 100% junkie. 100% of the documentaries. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Because they're just, they're entertaining, right? Some of them. Some yes. of them could be a little boring, but the good ones are, are entertaining and they just, you know, it's like watching a movie, right? You're just mm-hmm. engrossed in it and you you realize like all of these things. And then again, you can't unlearn it. So it's like, you want to kind of put maybe not everything into play, but little by little you add in, you know, little steps of eating better. So I think, yeah, it's just the education component. We have to get people to realize, you know, if you look at the statistics uh, in, in America today, right now, of the population is overweight or obese and one in two men and one in three women in America will get cancer at some point in their lifetime. This is CDC, like government stats. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's crazy because now it is normal. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's normal to be sick and, and overweight. And, you know, how did we get here? Yeah. It didn't, you know, it didn't just happen just because there, there, there's a reason. Right. And I think that, yeah, just, you know, the more that we can educate people, because I think most people do have, I forget the exact number, but it's, it's very high and over 50% has a chronic condition that they're managing. Mm-hmm. So if we can just educate people that, okay, like, do you want to get rid of this, you know, chronic condition? A lot of them, uh, not, not necessarily everything, but a lot of chronic conditions are diet and lifestyle related. And yeah. so if we can just spread this knowledge, I think that that's, you know, Everyone kind of has to find it though in their own time. You know, you have to be ready for this information because if you're not, it's just going to be kind of like talking to a wall, unfortunately. Yeah, I completely yeah. agree. I think too with the education component, it's best for people. Like when I try to share the knowledge I know with people, like I'll recommend a documentary like Fed Up that has a little more, I guess it's a little more actionable than maybe one like that's all like you have to go vegan or you have mm-hmm. to just have juice. Like I think people right. get really overwhelmed by like, oh, not not only do I have to give up my favorite foods, but I have to like dramatically yeah. in crazy ways shift everything about my eating lifestyle. And it's not really, you, you don't have to go that extreme to make these changes. Exactly. And you know, sometimes it's the smallest changes that make like the biggest impact anyway. And you know, I already always tell people, I mean, probably the most important thing that people can do to improve their health is simply eat more vegetables. Like even if you're still eating all the other stuff that you currently eat, um, it's just like making half of your plate vegetables and as mm-hmm. many meals as possible will do so much yeah. for your digestion and your immune system and, you know, deliver antioxidants and vitamins that you need for a healthy body that uh, just simply adding in enough vegetables will already help you look and feel better. And once you get used to that, okay, then you tackle the next thing. Uh, but you don't have to go vegan or go super drastic with your right. diet, or juice cleanse. Uh, it's just, it's baby steps that add up over time. So I was actually just at Whole Foods today, grocery shopping, and I was really inspired to add more vegetables to my plate. And I typically eat a pretty clean and I, the only thing that I struggle with is making vegetables taste good. Like you had said earlier, I feel like I just steam up some broccoli or I chop up some zucchini and squash or I like make Brussels sprouts. That's like all I know how to do. Do you like it? Like, um, I do, but Cody doesn't eat it. Like Cody will never eat it. Like I can't get my husband to eat these things because I don't (laughs) make them very well. And so how did you start experimenting and becoming creative and making these beautiful and delicious vegetable meals? So that's a great question. So I I think, and this is what I tell people, no matter what vegetable you're cooking, if you saute it with garlic and olive oil and a little, you know, put a little pink salt on Mm -hmm. top, anything will taste good like that. So that's my go-to. But I, for some reason, Cody just thinks it's boring and I'm okay with it. But I guess, I don't know. I feel like people make these soups and they like, I don't know. They make these creative mixed dishes and I just never can. Yeah. Well, you know, it's just, it's all about experimenting and finding what, you know, what you like, you know, because, you know, for example, there's, there's a restaurant here, uh, like sort of this fast casual lunch restaurant chain here that I recommend. It has a lot of plant-based options Mm -hmm. and I recommend it to a lot of clients and everyone loves it. And it's so great. And I recommend this is one client and she's like, Oh, everyone else is like, yeah, so flavorful. Everything tastes so great, whatever. And then I recommended to this other client and she said, you know, she came back to me and said, I just can't eat it. There's no flavor whatsoever. And so, you know, she, she was Indian. And so she grew up with like a lot of flavor, a lot of spices all of the time. So for her, it was bland. And so, um, you know, everyone has their own preferences and choices. So So what I would say is like also texture. So texture is a big thing. Like I, there are certain vegetables like eggplant, like that just repulse me. I do not like it. That hurts my heart. Cooked a certain way, like in ratatouille, I like it. Mm-hmm. Um, or you know, um, using a spiralizer—that's mm-hmm. one of my favorite tips or tricks for getting everyone in your family to eat more vegetables. And you can spiralize just about anything from zucchini to sweet potato to beets, whatever you want, carrots, and it turns it into essentially spaghetti. And then you can saute it or roast Mm -hmm. it and you put your tomato sauce or whatever you want on top. And 
it literally, you twirl it around your fork like spaghetti and it just feels like you're eating spaghetti. And so the texture, you know, how you cut it, do you cut it big? Do you cut it small? Um, so texture is a big thing. Um, spices, I think, uh, you know, getting used to using different spices from, you know, turmeric and cumin and, you know, maybe cayenne to oregano and thyme and rosemary. And, you know, there's tons and tons of different spices. So, you know, picking up a few of those and, and you could also even get mixes. Like they'll have like an Indian mix or an Mm. Italian or Mexican mix. So all the spices are already blended. So they taste good. So, you know, sprinkling those on there. Um, so yeah, just kind of playing around to figure out which spices you like, which Mm -hmm. textures you like, um, which ways of cooking, steaming, roasting, sauteing. Um, and then, yeah. And then just kind of sticking, sticking to that. Perfect. Well, speaking of like trips to the grocery store, um, I know that the book that you have out kind of talks about grocery shopping and tactics for grocery shopping healthy on a budget. And we actually had an entire episode on (laughs) why are healthy groceries so expensive? We didn't have any answers. We just complained about it (laughs) for like an eternity. Um, So what are your tips for eating well on a budget? Like how do you balance those two? Because I know when I... I haven't figured it out. When I go to the store, I still, if I'm eating healthy, my bill is higher. I just spent $150 today. And I don't even know if that's going to feed me the entire week. <laughs> I, know. I know. Sometimes it can be so frustrating. But it's you go worth to it register. for me. It is worth it for me to spend it on food. But it just it, hurts your soul a little yeah, to uh-huh. swipe the card. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I totally hear you. I'm, sometimes I'm looking at that bag. Like there's no way yeah. there's $100 worth of stuff in there. Right. But, so, I mean, there's a couple ways to kind of look at this. Like, you know, like you mentioned, it's worth it for you. So I think, you know, there's this saying you can pay the farmer now or the doctor later. Mm -hmm. Um, so there is a little bit of that. It's like, you know, what, what do you value? And like, you know, we spend money, uh, on lots of things, you know, but my sister spends God knows what at Starbucks every single day. (laughs) Uh, she could probably buy herself a car with what she spends, um, at Starbucks. And so I think, you know, yeah, it's, it's prioritizing. What are your values? Like, what do you want to kind of spend on? But then also realizing that, you know, like I use this example of, for example, like a, a big bag of chips, right? Which is like, let's say $2 or something like that, 2 or $3. And it's this huge bag and you're like, oh my God, this is so cheap. And then you look at a head of cauliflower and it's like $5. And it's like this big, raw cauliflower. Mm-hmm. You're like, what the heck am I going to do with this? Uh, but when you chop it up, you know, it's like 10 cups. So it's like, you know, feeding four people, two servings. Right. Um, and it's going to fill you up, right? So that bag, that family size bag of chips that, you know, says, it has whatever 15 servings or something could easily be finished off by one person in one or two totally. sittings, right? And we've, we've all been there. Yes. And and then you're still hungry. Whereas the cauliflower, you eat two servings of that and you're like, I'm done. Like, I don't want to eat for mm-hmm. many hours. So, you know, it's that satiety factor. So it's like, okay, it looks cheaper. The, the, Less healthy food looks cheaper on the surface, but is it really, right? It's not filling you up. Also, it's going to probably not make you feel so great later on, could lead to health issues. So there's that whole component of like looking at like the investment in healthy eating. But then there are some actual tactical, you know, tips that you can save uh, money on healthy groceries. So uh, for for produce, you know, frozen produce, frozen vegetables, and frozen fruit are actually typically just as nutritious, if not more nutritious, I've heard than that. the fresh stuff. Yeah, wow. and, and they're usually significantly cheaper. So that's a great way to um, to save money there. For seafood, this is also an interesting fact. The majority of seafood that you find even at the seafood counter that like looks like it's fresh Mm -hmm. has actually been previously frozen and then uh frosted so yeah i think it's about 70 percent of the the seafood so So you can save money yeah you can just save money by buying the frozen directly um and just thawing that out you know shopping in the bulk section so you know that place where there's like buckets of nuts and Mm -hmm. grains you know, shop there for your dry ingredients. That's usually going to be a lot cheaper. And then also shopping online. So one thing that I sort of has become my habit, you know, now um, for the past couple of years is 
basically buying all of my dry, non-perishable goods online because you can save anywhere from 25 to 50%. I've never there, of that before. Just buying my fresh stuff. Yeah, just buying my fresh stuff, you know, in the farmer's market or yeah. at the grocery store. So there are a couple of resources. Vitacost is probably my favorite resource for that. Um, Vitacost.com. And they have almost all of the same, you know, uh, brands that you're going to find in your regular health food store, grocery store, but for 25 to 50% off. So that's just a really great resource to, um, to yeah. check out. I just pulled it up and Nina, yeah. it's an extra 15% off select gluten-free foods. Yes. So get on it. <laughs> oh my gosh. I should have done that before I went to Whole Foods today. We'll oh, link yeah. this in the show notes for everybody. What yeah. a good resource. Yes. I, and I've even like calculated, like I, you know, went to like, uh, you know, a whole food, yeah. like got all stuff. And then I calculated like what it would be at, um, Vitacost. And it was like, I was significantly, wow. I would have saved, I think it was like off of a, I don't know, a $60 bill. I would have saved like 20 bucks or something like that. Like it was significant. Totally so, worth it. Yeah. yeah. Cause you can, I mean, those products, it's, it's not like produce where you want to like maybe be there to look at it right. and scope it out and pick it up and whatever you do with fresher right. foods. Exactly. You know, your spices, your box, you yeah. know, foods or any of that stuff. Even like they even also have like beauty stuff and like home stuff. Like I buy my laundry detergent. They have like natural hmm. laundry detergent and stuff like that. I just get everything that I can there so that I don't have to get it at the at the grocery store. Also, that makes grocery shopping a lot less stressful. When it you does. Get, because I know also, that, I mean, you're sitting at your home and you're planning out what you want and you're researching and looking up what you want as opposed to just kind of like walking the aisles, which I know I tend to do. So mm-hmm. that's kind of nice. You probably buy less too because I like- bet. When I walk by the grocery store aisles, like I might have a list and then I see like, ooh, look at this new flavored almond butter thing. Like I'm just going to grab that. And it wasn't on my list. I just just bought these. What are, they're like seaweed. They have shark. They have a shark on the front. Um, Oh, the sea snack. Yeah, I actually hated them. (laughs) I just bought them. (laughs) I did one of those purchases and I, oh, you know why? Lori Harder, and that's actually how I found you because you were on Lori Harder's podcast. Uh, uh-huh. She talks about them on her Instagram stories all the time. And so I was like, I'm going to try these. And I actually didn't like them. Aww. But I did oh. pick up two other things randomly on the shelves and and did enjoy them. So, yeah. 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 Again, see, everyone's got their own taste. I actually love the sea snacks. Really? I think like with, with avocado. Like I, I roll them up like a sushi, like hmm. a piece of avocado up like a sushi roll. And I, I love them. Maybe I need to try it with something because I took one bite and I was like, I just bit into a fish. That's what it tasted like to me. And I guess I'm not really a big seafood person. So that's probably why. Yeah. Now, what about for like, what is your preference when you do shopping for like your produce and your meat? Do you like go to a store or a farmer's market or do you do oh, like question. a grocery delivery thing? Because I'm looking at in Columbus, they have, it's called green bean delivery. Kelly uses it mm-hmm. actually, Nina. Um, they have like, it, they just deliver all local meat and produce. So I was yeah. looking at that. Um, I didn't know what your thoughts were on fresher things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, that's actually a great resource. And one thing I, I forgot to mention, another great way to also save money is to sign up for a CSA, which is Community Supported Agriculture, which sounds like that box that you're talking about is probably some version of a CSA. Mm-hmm. Uh, so typically what that is, is a local farm will in advance, sell you like a share in their output. So, you know, at the beginning, like for the year, let's say you pay, I don't know, $500, $600. And then every single week, you know, for their entire season, you'll, or year, you'll get, um, you know, a box of all their freshest produce, whatever's in season. And so it sounds like that thing that you're, that you just mentioned, um, probably kind of just aggregates or, you know, does it with a few different farms. So you get like the widest variety of stuff. So I think those are great. I mean, I personally, I love to shop. We have a really great farmer's market here on Saturdays in Union Square. So I love to shop at the farmer's market because I find that farmer's market food, it's just more flavorful. And you also um, find different varieties that you're not going to find in the grocery store, which is not to say, especially in the winter, like I'm almost exclusively shopping at the grocery store, but when it's nice out, you know, and there's a lot of fresh produce and stuff in New York, then I will shop at the farmer's market. And I think that's a great place also to get your meat and animal products and eggs and everything. Because again, you're getting them from small family farms Mm -hmm. where you 
can ask them how are they raising the animals or what are their growing standards for their vegetables. And you really know where your food is coming from and can ensure you're getting the best quality. Yeah. And that's the great thing about Columbus too is like, so we're kind of our town here is, or our city here is like mm-hmm. kind of a giant small town. And if you go like five miles outside, you're in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. So we have a, t- I mean, Ohio is so farmy, farm country mm-hmm. that there, I mean, I know there are a lot of farmers markets here that pull from all over. And I think we have, we actually should go to one, Nina. I, I like know. never go. I know Worthington's is really big and yeah, this summer to do it. This, yeah. Like soon they'll be yeah. popping up. We need to do that. Yeah. For oh, sure. you should definitely do it. It's so fun. And it's so great. Cause you could also usually the farm will let you taste like, you know, berry season is coming up. And, you know, I always like talk about the strawberries because farmer's market strawberries are like a whole nother fruit compared to Mm. the regular fruits you get at the grocery store that are like white inside. Whereas like a farmer's market one is just so flavorful. It's like bright, bright red throughout the entire berry. And yeah, it's just the flavor. You'll you'll just be blown away by the flavor. This is making my mouth I was going to say, I haven't eaten (laughs) dinner again. I'm like, "Mm, give me that (laughs) strawberry. I want it. Now, I have a couple questions on just uh, food in general. I know you talk a lot about plant-based meals, but you're not necessarily saying everybody needs to eat completely plant-based. So what are your thoughts on like the meat to plant ratio? And like, do you do, I'm curious on like bacon and grass-fed butter and dairy and things like that. What are your thoughts just on different types of foods and how you should fit them into your diet or not fit them in your diet? Yeah, sure. So I definitely think that everyone can benefit from a plant-based diet, meaning that the majority or bulk of the foods are plant-based, like vegetables and fruits, et cetera, uh, but not necessarily 100%. So I think that... uh, you know, in terms of animal proteins, quality is super duper important. Yeah. So, and I talk a lot about this in the book. It's like, how do you, how do you choose the best meat and seafood and eggs and dairy? And, you know, organic is typically a, a good way to go because the, the way that our conventional animal products, meats and et cetera, are, are, are raised are a little bit questionable. They, you know, they can use antibiotics and there is like a very big, issue like even the CDC and the World Health Organization are talking about antibiotic resistance, which is basically because we feed the antibiotics to the animals so routinely, like and not just when they're sick, they they do it often to make the animal grow faster so that they weigh more, so they make more money. And then we're eating these animals, right? So we're we're being exposed to these antibiotics. And so what's happening is that these antibiotic resistant bacteria are developing. And so down the line, the worry is that in 10, 20 years, you can go into a hospital for like a very routine or minor surgery or whatever, and there's no antibiotics to treat that bacteria because Mm -hmm. now it's antibiotic resistant. So that's like a really big problem. Um, also just, you know, what, what the animals are eating, the the standards that they're raised in. So for example, with, um, with beef, you'll sometimes you'll see grass fed Mm -hmm. beef. Mm-hmm. So why why is that important? Because cows are basically designed to eat grass. And so when they eat a grain-based diet instead of grass, which most conventional beef is, you know, they're more likely to get sick, right? And do you want to be eating uh, meat from a sicker animal or a healthier animal, right? Right. So, you know, there are just so many things. And for each animal food, it's a little bit different. But I think quality is definitely the key with with animal-based products. And so, for for example, with eggs, you know, I I would say organic also and then free range. You know, there's all these labels on eggs. Um, Free range or pasture raised are great, which means that the the chickens and the hens had um, like a more natural lifestyle where they're foraging for their food. They're going out, you know, on pasture, ideally. And so when they have a more natural lifestyle, they're typically healthier and it typically leads to more nutritious food. Good to know. I'm glad that, see, I feel like these are all things that we've been really aware of lately mm-hmm. or for, I guess, for a little while now. So I feel I feel confident that I'm like trying to share that sort of information with people. And hopefully we all start at least buying these healthier versions of the meat and animal products that we're trying to consume. Yeah, definitely. I actually wanted to talk a little bit about 
acne. And I know that you actually have a program for uncovering acne-free skin on your website. And I didn't know if you could explain that a little bit because I have been struggling with acne around my chin for so long. And I really do try and eat a very clean diet. The only dairy that I eat is grass-fed butter. And I wonder if I shouldn't. I don't know. I haven't cut that out yet. But I'm wondering, like, what else can be triggering this acne? (laughs) Like, how do you explain a little bit about your acne-free program? Sure. So, you know, again, everyone's body's different. So the cause for them may be a little bit different, but there are a few common triggers that people usually have. So uh, first, when it comes to food, it could be that you're either eating the wrong foods that are causing inflammation in your body, or it could be, or in combination as well, that you're not eating enough of the right foods that are keeping you know, your body um, healthy that are supporting your skin health. Because remember, skin is an organ. So just like any other organ, it needs specific nutrients in order to function and look its best. Also, you want to be eating an anti-inflammatory diet to keep your skin looking great. So that's food-wise. Stress can definitely be a trigger. bet you that's mine. (laughs) I can tell. I can tell when I am more stressed, it definitely flares up. For sure, right? And the area the area of your face where it is can also kind of give you an indicator of what may be causing it. And typically hormonal or stress acne yeah. will happen around like the chin and the jawline. Well, um, that's where it is. <laughs> so there you go. So yeah, so the hormones and stress are pretty kind of related. Um, acne could also be triggered by pollution um, and cosmetics. But I think those are a little bit to a lesser extent. Mm-hmm. I think the diet and the hormones and stress are probably for most people going to be the more common triggers. And, you know, in terms of, you know, what you do then, right? Okay, let's say you do have stress, stress acne. You want to A, figure out a kind of a way to deal with your stress and how to manage it. Because here's the interesting thing about stress and stress, uh, it's so, so for some people, right? Stress may cause acne, but for some people, stress is going to cause something else—a headache, uh, stomach issues, or whatever—and or a combination of all, <laughs> oh, right? And more, right? Yeah. So stress, you know, there's no such thing as a life without stress. There are always going to be stressors in our life. It's how we perceive them and react to them that determines our stress level. And, you know, two people could have the same exact event happen to them and they turn out very differently or they react to that event very differently. And it's up to you to choose how you deal with that stress. So, you know, if you say, oh my goodness, okay, I think I have stress induced, whatever you want to figure out, okay, what is stressing you out? And how do you prevent that from happening? How do you look at that situation in a different way? Or how do you get whatever that stress is off of your plate so that you're, you know, you're not feeling so stressed and uptight all the time? Um, and maybe you want to do things like yoga and meditation or whatever it is for you, exercise that helps physically reduce that stress as well. Yeah, totally. And those are all things that I've been trying to incorporate more and more in my life. I think sometimes, like you said, sometimes it is unavoidable. And like once in a while, it does flare up a little bit. And it's like, you know what? Well, then that's just a sign that I need to take care of my body more right now. And that's kind of a good point to take. Exactly. Yes. I always, I like to call like acne and all of these symptoms, our digestive issues, our headaches, whatever. I call them our SOS symptoms. It's literally like our body is like waving like a flag, like, yeah. hey, you Listen know, to me. you please care of me. Yeah. Liz came over with a headache. And then I, when she, and then when she sat down, I was like, look at my chin. It's like we both had, our body is telling us we need us. to rest tonight. Yeah. 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 And one thing I think, you know, and being someone who I really got into sort of health and wellness through food, because for me, my diet was was pretty much causing uh, to a very large extent acne for me. And so when I changed my diet, my skin changed. So I was like, oh my goodness, food is so powerful and it is powerful, but it's not almighty in that it, it trumps everything else. So our emotion, our, um, you know, whether or not we move our body, our, you know, relationships, like all of these things affect our health yeah. as well. And, you know, sometimes we like to pretend that they don't, right? Because we're, we're so busy and, you know, we're strong and we're independent and whatever. But you know what? Like we do need to rest and we do need to love and be loved and we do need to be happy in order to be healthy. 
Definitely. Kind of on that same token. So I know that you have two other programs that a lot of, especially women out there have so many demands and they're just often exhausted. And you have two programs that focus on weight loss and meal planning, kind of with that in mind. Can you explain these two programs a little bit for our listeners? Sure. So Eat Healthy is a four-week meal plan that helps teach you how to batch cook. So one way that I found and my clients have found that allows them to eat healthy food more often is to batch cook on on the weekend. So on a Sunday, spend about an hour and a half, two hours pre-preparing your food, chopping, cooking, you know, making grains, maybe roasting vegetables, whatever, so that during the week you can just grab, you know, your lunches are ready to go. Maybe you did mason jar like salads or, you know, containers for your lunch to bring to work. That's a good mason jar salads. I've never thought about that. That's so easy. Yeah. Yeah. They're so easy. And you can also put cooked stuff in there. Like they don't have to be raw, but that mason jar just keeps the, keeps everything fresh because it has that airtight seal. So you know, doing that or, and, you know, doing it so like your dinner is basically ready in like 20 minutes or less. Cause when you get home from work, you don't want to, you know, be making this whole two hour meal. So it's basically just, you know, learning how do you plan out your recipes and meals for the week so that, you know, everything's ready pretty quickly. And yeah, so it's basically not a headache. And there's grocery lists in there. Then there's a batch cooking plan with exactly like what to cook on the weekend. And then, you know, your your whole plan for the week. So that's the Eat Healthy plan. And then Eat Slim is a really fun program. I've been running this for a few years. It started out as an in-person class here in New York City. And I would run this class after work for anywhere between 8 and 12 weeks. And I'd get a group of amazing women together and... We would meet, um, you know, over dinner, and we'd kind of, I'd kind of go through basically what I was talking about earlier, like educating people, mm-hmm. educating mm-hmm. them on exactly what to eat and healthy habits to, you know, feel their best and look their best. And so it was a ton of fun. It got, you know, amazing feedback. People always wanted to extend it. Like it started out at eight weeks, and then it became twelve because people wanted it to go longer. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then I basically kind of took that class and we turned it on like online. And so the next version of it is going to be running um, in starting in the end of June. And so it will be like a video class, like a live class. Uh, and each week we work on one or maybe two, but probably one habit to change that week. And by doing these small steps, by the end of the program, you have big results. So people, you know, typically lose lose weight. Uh, you know, their energy improves, their skin improves, and uh, they also make new friends, which is a lot of fun too. Because I found that, you know, doing it in group and having community is so much more fun and so oh, much yeah. more because now you have someone to, you know, if they live locally, you know, go do a workout class with them, or maybe you bash cook together on the weekends or uh, just, you know, hearing other people's stories, right? If, if one comes in and, you know, she, you know, did the healthy cooking and she did this and she did that and she lost the weight and she feels good and all this stuff, then, you know, all of a sudden you, you cut your excuses and you want that too. Nina, why don't we batch cook on the weekends? We should. I never thought of that. So we need to go to farmer's markets now. <laughs> right. And we need to batch cook on the weekends. We used to work out together all the time. We did, and we're really bad And now. it was super helpful. So we need to get... We have so many things we need to start doing together again. Should, should, yeah, should. Gotta, yeah, gotta schedule it in. Yeah. So can you talk to us a little bit about your book? Now, does it it launches this month or it has launched? So the Real Food Grocery Guide will be officially published June 1st, but it is available now for pre-order on Amazon.com. And I, it's, you know, essentially it's the most practical guide to selecting the healthiest foods in every aisle of the grocery store without going broke. And so that's what we need. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's just very practical. And it was really the result of you know, questions I was getting from my clients and their frustrations. And it really was like four years of, of 
client questions and also leading people on grocery store tours. And so, you know, each chapter breaks down a different aisle of the grocery store from, you know, produce to meat to seafood to eggs to packaged foods. There's a big packaged food section. You know, how do you choose your oils and your sweeteners and everything in between? So it's very, very thorough. And it's uh, it's also just very practical and, and like it's broken down in such a way that it's easy to read and easy to put into action. So I also have, um, you know, if you go to mariamarlocom slash real dash food dash guide, uh, there's more information on the book. Uh, there will be a really funny video trailer on there shortly. <laughs> and um, there's also some pre-order bonuses too. So there's like a whole guide to spices. Hmm. I am obsessed with spices. Spices are so healing and talk about food is medicine. But unfortunately, my book is like my my editor was like, you have too much stuff in the book. You can't make it so long. So we have to cut the spices and superfood no. chapter. Oh, but you made it a different way to get to that information. Exactly. So on that site, um, you can you can download, if you pre-order the book, you can download um, basically the that spices and superfood Perfect. section, as well as a brand picks guide. So my, my list of my favorite brands for just about everything. Ooh. I'm definitely going to need to get this book because that's all the stuff I'm interested in is like what types of food I should be getting and what I need to look for. And I'm ready to get, I kind of know a little bit from my own research, but I would love to have somebody that knows this and is the expert. So that would be amazing. Yeah, I think, I hope you will you will find it very helpful in that regard. I'm thinking, Nina, so yesterday we interviewed the broke millennial who does personal finance mm-hmm. um, consulting. And then you today with this book, I'm feeling like just the stars are aligning for our grocery <laughs> yeah. shopping budgeting issue. Like, I know. And just budgeting in general. Like we're going to work it out. We're, we're real adults now. <laughs> <laughs> the two best interviews. I'm excited also because I feel like, is this some stuff I'm going to learn in the IIN program? Like as you're talking, I'm like, oh, I can't wait to start learning about all of this. <laughs> Yeah, you know, you're going to learn a ton in there. You'll learn a ton in the book. And um, I mean, I think that's the great thing, you know, about being interested in this topic is that there's there's just so much to learn mm-hmm. and so many great books, so many great documentaries, uh, so many great programs. So, and, and nutrition and, you know, health science is sort of ever evolving. Mm-hmm. So there's there's always new things to to add. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on and talking to us. I know that our listeners are going to find so much value from this episode. Well, thank you so much for having me. Hey guys, we really hope you enjoyed that episode with Maria Marlowe as much as we did. I know that I cannot wait to check out her book. I need some grocery tips. Mm -hmm. Like hands down, need to know what to do at the grocery store budget wise. And it's just nice to have a refresher on what ingredients and what items I should and should not be buying. Definitely. I learned a ton. Vitacost, I think is going to be my new best friend. Obviously, we're going to be heading over to farmer's markets and batch cooking And every working weekend. out together again. Right. You're going to get super... You're going to be like, I'm over you, Liz. I record with you. I now eat my mm, food with I you. I love it. You're the one that gets sick of me, remember? I do not. <laughs> just I'm just a little much for you sometimes. Not a little much. I never said that. In my mind, I think you said that. <laughs> but no, we are definitely going to get on the adulting game. And also that episode with Aaron that we had last week, like we seriously are like getting our budget down, getting, getting our, our food, food down. Mm-hmm. As always, guys, you know where to find us. Instagram, Facebook, our blog, all of this is at Wine and Shine Podcast. We would love to hear from you. And if you're enjoying the podcast, feel free to share it to a friend or subscribe and leave us a rating and a review. We would really appreciate it. We will catch you next week. And until then, keep shining. Keep shining. Bye. Bye.